Every single recruiting class for Nick Saban since 1999 has won a national championship. This according to someone on Twitter, and I do not know if it's true. 412-922-2874 is the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Waiting to hear from SB Nation's Alex Kirshner. If we get him, we get him. If we don't, we don't. Basically a glorified SEC championship game tonight, isn't it? Oh, wait, no, because Bama didn't freaking qualify for the SEC championship game, yet they made it anyhow. Now, they're probably going to win the whole damn thing, and then it's going to be justified, right? But I want to see the college football playoff expand to eight teams, not because I think it's better for college football, because I actually don't. I think with four teams, you still keep the integrity of the regular season. But I want to see West Virginia or Pitt get a shot at some point. And I do think in our lifetime we will see West Virginia win a Big 12 championship. I do think in our lifetime we're going to see Pitt win an ACC championship. But if you got to be perfect and win the championship, that's probably not going to happen because Pitt and West Virginia are never going to recruit like the big boys. Now, Pitt's had a lot of talent, but they aren't deep and they've underachieved with said talent. West Virginia, well, next year they've got a pretty good shot. Maybe not winning the whole darn thing, but at winning the Big 12, which would definitely get them in in an 18 playoff. That's my point. If you like local college football, you want to see Pitt and West Virginia have a seat at the table, and the best way for that to happen is it for the playoff to expand to eight teams. Joining me now from SB Nation, he is Alex Kirshner. Alex, thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely, Adam. How are you doing? I'm good, buddy. Your thoughts on expanding the playoff? I think it'd be fun. I think it's uh, something that is likelier than not to happen eventually. Um, you know, I do think that it's important that when that happens, uh, things are done to make sure that things don't get too difficult on the players. Um, you know, obviously, I think players should be compensated better than they are Me too. as is for a 14 playoff. But uh, I think certainly if you're going to make it an 18 deal uh, and add another game, you're looking at, for some teams, then, you know, about a 16-game season uh, if you play in a conference championship game. So, uh, you know, I think you need to make sure that those players are taken care of, whether that means... Uh, more time between games, certainly, uh, and any other arrangements that you might make in addition to, you know, paying the players. Uh, I think those are important if you do it. I do too. Alex Kirshner joining me here on the Crowley Show. Let's talk about tonight's game. Georgia, Bama, both teams have a lot of good players. I hate Nick Saban. Oops, sorry, I didn't mean to say that. I think Nick <laughs> Saban's a damn good coach, obviously. Maybe the best that's ever done it in college football. They win tonight, they've won five out of nine. Is it okay that I think they're a little bit boring, though? Is it okay that I think that it's a bunch of clones that walk through every year and they never have the best quarterback and they still win? I know that's impressive, but am I allowed to have some Bama fatigue? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sports should be fun. Uh, I think Alabama, in a way, is lots of fun. and They've got, obviously, some of the best athletes in the country, uh, including a quarterback with Jalen Hurts. But uh, at some point, watching you know the best team just kind of run over and mash in everybody else, uh, if, if that to be a little bit tiresome for you, then I think that's more than fair. Can Georgia withstand the talent that Alabama has? I know that Georgia's very talented. I know they've been yeah. uh, in the top ten in recruiting going back even a handful of years prior to the arrival of Kirby Smart. Now Kirby's jumping up there for next year, but Bama's been doing it in the top five for a very long time. Can they withstand the talent? Hello? Hello? 
Hello? Oh, no. Goodbye. Here's the problem. We lost Kirshner. He's gone. And Joe isn't in the other room. And I'm thinking it's because Joe went to take a poop. No, here's what we're going to do. Brian's in here with me. Brian, don't go fix it. You don't want me like I don't want you to fix it. This isn't a zone thing here. No, I want this to be a, I want this to be an issue. So when Joe gets back, I want to look in there and be like, "What the hell, man? We lost Kirshner." See, I feel bad cuz we've we've got the ability to shift on the fly. Like I could be helping out, but I I get you. I feel where you're coming from. Like the the bit might be funnier here. Here's what I've got. I've got him calling back in. I could just click him on myself. Alex, we got you. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, you you were asking me about uh if Georgia has a chance. Yeah, talent-wise, does Georgia stack up with Bama? I think so. I think I think they're about as close as anybody. Um, you know, the, the thing that you really absolutely have to be able to do to have a chance against Alabama is deal with the run, because uh, you know you're going to get, you know, a five-star or a four-star running back on every play. I think Georgia's defensive front uh, is one of maybe three or four in the country uh, that can deal with that a little bit. And then on the other side, Georgia has you know that trio of five-star running backs. Uh, that I think is going to be able to do more damage than most against Alabama. So I think there's a chance. Jake from State from, you taking him, you taking Hurts. Who's the better player? Uh, they're different quarterbacks. I mean, I think it's hard not to go with a sophomore instead of a freshman. Uh, they're different quarterbacks. Both are really good. I, I like the idea with Hurts that, um, you know, he's so risk-averse that oftentimes that really helps Alabama. And I think tonight against Georgia in a game that, um, might you know kind of play short because they're both going to run the ball a lot. I think that whoever does not make the big turnover or uh, doesn't commit the big turnover is going to have the advantage. I think Hurts is less likely to make a mistake that that hurts, but uh, no pun intended. But I think Jake Fromm too. So um, not not to cop out there, but I think I'd give a, a slight edge to Hurts just based on the fact that he's got a little bit more experience and I think he's a little bit less likely to to give the ball away. What kind of game are you expecting tonight? Lower scoring game? Yeah, I think so. I mean, both teams. Yeah, they both can throw uh, when they need to, but both prefer to run the ball uh, and stop the run. So we're kind of going to have a little test of wills there to see, you know. I think if either team can average more than four yards of carry in this game, I bet you that team wins. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it. Um, but because they're going to run so much, I think you're going to see fewer possessions uh, and ultimately fewer points. Son of a gun. We're going we're gonna to see three yards in a cloud of dust, and it's exactly what I don't want to see. I wanted Oklahoma in this game so bad. Not yeah. because I'm just a Big 12 homer, but, I mean, obviously I am. I wanted to see the contrast of styles, and these teams to me are very similar. What would Oklahoma versus Alabama have looked like? Uh, that would have been my favorite possible matchup of the, of the I guess, eight. That oh, boy, happened. math, math. That, uh, yeah, that's math, that's no. Lebo no. right there for you and then Maryland, yeah. because I'm telling you what, Alex, <laughs> the, the Lebo for me doesn't help me in the West Virginia. Well, no shot there. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that would have been a lot of fun, though. Um, mainly, you know, Baker Mayfield against a, a Nick Saban, Jeremy Pruitt defense uh, would have been great. Um, you know, the Rose Bowl was great, and that was the closest thing that you could get to Baker Mayfield against the Nick Saban defense because Kirby Smart, um, you know, is like Nick Saban's large adult coaching son. Uh, so they're they're about uh, about the same as you could, you know, about as similar as you could get. Uh, but I think that one would have been fun. Yeah. I didn't mean to just chortle in your ear there if you heard that. If I did that over the air, we just got we just got an email that says, Earl has turned off the blowers on the fourth floor to prevent the spread of the smell from the ladies' room situation. This means it might become a little warm. Just be aware. Thanks. What the hell's going on in the ladies' room? My God. Alex Kirshner, SB Nation, joining me here on the Crowley Show. When you look at the running backs for Georgia... 
this is a difficult question to ask. I don't really know how to pose it, so I'll do my best. I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna pull my Blake Bortles. I'm just gonna try here. You've got the three five stars at Georgia. You've got that Bama defense. If you had to flip a coin, if you had to give an advantage, where do you give it? Uh, I'd give it to Alabama just because it's Alabama. Uh, they're still the safest bet you can make in college football. Um, but I think that the, you know, if there's a football reason aside from their Alabama, uh, I think that Jalen Hurts is going to, you know, I, as we're talking about with Jake Fromm, um, I think that he's a little bit less likely to make a mistake that's ultimately going to hurt them. Um, I'd be shocked if the margin tonight were greater than 10 points at any point in the game, and I bet you it's a one-score game at the end. Um, just kind of as a fail-safe, having a guy like Jalen Hurts who always makes the right read, um, as a matter of practice, just doesn't throw stupid passes. Uh, I think that, you know, barring that, you know, I think you have to go with the most talented team in the country uh, in a squeaker. And, and given that they've got Hurts back there, I feel pretty good about that for them. Putting you on the spot. Who you got next year for the national championship? Alabama, probably. <laughs> exactly right. Hey, thanks a lot, Alex. Really appreciate the time, man. Keep up the good work. Absolutely, Adam. You too. There he goes, Alex Kirshner, SB Nation. He's very good. He's young. We like young people around here. We, we like people who do things differently. We like people who are passionate. He does all those things. Big Bob, by the way, from downstairs, 96-1, passionate, weird guy himself, tweeted out that email that I just read on the air. And I said my experiment went poorly. You go to the ladies' room once, and all of a sudden they turn on the blowers. You're supposed to follow the signs at the front, man. Oh, where it says men's room? Yeah, that's the one you go into. So, okay. <clears throat> I don't know how much trouble I can get in for this, so I'm just going to go for it anyhow, because right. transparency the number one virtue of the Crowley Show. Let's do it. During Steeler games on Sunday, <laughs> there's no one here, and there are certainly no women here. <laughs> I drop deuces in there all the time. You do, too? Yes! <laughs> you do, yes! do you really? Are you telling me you do? No, I swear to God, I do. <laughs> well, there's nobody in. There's nobody there! See, here's, let me add one more thing to it. you got to make sure it's not a not a home game, because you've got promotions people coming back from the game. Oh, no. You do not want to get caught in that situation. No, you so, do not. So, like, on a home game, like, I've actually planned out, like, they won't be back by this time. So, I think it's safe. That's funny, though. I didn't know you did, too. I love that you do that. Dude, what? They got the pink couch in there? Dude, it's so nice. Mm -hmm. It's all clean There's smelling. mirrors. Oh, my god! The mirror in the men's room has streaks running down it. Like, no one's cleaned <laughs> yeah, that glass yeah. in years. Yeah, there's boogers on it. There's, oh my like, god. all kinds of stuff on there. They've got this weird vending machine in the women's room. I'm not sure what that's about, but uh, they don't have that in the men's room. Trying to figure it out. I just didn't have any spare change. I think it's for if you've got a nosebleed. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I didn't have any spare change, so I couldn't check. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well. You do that too. Wow. I do do that. Oh Actually, God. Joe. Joe's here for Steelers games. Joe, you ever gone to the ladies' room? I've not. Okay. Have you ever in your life gone to the ladies' room? Uh, once. Why? It was an accident. And did you take care of your business? No. I realized I was in the wrong one, and I like exited immediately. My favorite ladies' room scene ever in, in movie history is Mrs. Doubtfire, oh. where there's so much confusion around Robin Williams. He doesn't know which bathroom he should be in. Uh, he doesn't lock the door correctly. That's kind of how I feel on Sundays when we're around here, and it's like, oh, man, I just had a 2D sandwich. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. 15 beers from the night before watching West Virginia get their butt kicked in football. I don't want anybody to have to deal with this. I know there are no women around, and then all of a sudden, bam. I have worked on my voice in case I am caught to where I'm like, somebody's in here. Well, that's why I had my legs waxed. <laughs> so I'd be sitting in there in shorts. Oh. Those are clearly chicks legs. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, for good. sure. Yeah. yeah. Somebody's in here. Katie's here right now. Katie O, big 104.7, the X. She's all over the damn place now because she's a rising star. Katie, does it offend you in any way, shape, or form that we've used your bathroom? No, it's just really weird. Well, you would have no reason to use the men's room. Absolutely not. It's disgusting. It's so... Although, my coworker and I talked about it today since the bathroom is so bad. We we thought about it. Well, today, you almost have to. What else... I don't know how to ask this. We were just going to like man the door and kind of like oh, okay. test the waters and be like, yeah, you you just kind of watch, be the bouncer, and then we'll switch. See, after seeing both sides of, of the coin here, like you would never want to go where we have to go. It is so, like compared to what you guys deal with, you're like in the lap of luxury in there. There's like velvet couches. There's, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's little hand soaps. That's a bit of an over The kind with the beads in there. We don't have hand soaps. Yeah, in you don't know thing. how bad we've got it on our side. Like we get the stock like corporate soap. You guys have like nice ones. Like with you know brand what? Names. I am a little bit tired of bathroom inequality. It, that's exactly that's what it exactly is. That's exactly what it is. I demand fair bathroom equality. Just because we're men, our bathroom can't smell nice? Right. Our bathroom can't have hand soap and, and lovely flavors and colors? Start a movement. I don't know. That's what we're doing right now, I think. Hashtag me poo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I'm a man. <laughs> Joe actually spotted me one time. We were at... Where were we? What's that dive bar in Oakland that we were at before the West Virginia Pit game? Peters. Peters Pub. The bathroom doesn't lock on the top floor. And I had had a lot of beer and a lot of other stuff, and I needed to hashtag me poo. So Joe had to man the door for me. Joe stood with his back against the door while I deuced. And that, my friends, bridged the Pitt-West Virginia rivalry. Up next. Uh-oh. I was going to say, that's friendship. Damn right it's friendship. You ever see those... <laughs> oh, no. Do you ever see those license plates that say, like, house divided? Yes. No longer. Joe would have wiped it if he had to. Up next, Matt Williamson. It's the Crowley Show. I'm still so damn itchy from getting my nipple waxed. And the rest of me. Honestly, I've never been this itchy in my life, and I've had chicken pox twice. Seriously, twice. I'm an anomaly. I've had chicken pox twice. I'm lucky to be alive. I'm a medical marvel. I might have it again. Oh, dear God. Tonight, we got Bama. We got Georgia. Prayers up to my lead snowflake, my man Braden. That's what I'm calling all you out there, by the way, moving forward. People use snowflake as this demeaning term. Everyone who listens to this show, you're snowflakes, okay? I love you all. You're all individuals. And I want to put my tongue on you. Whoa. Present company excluded. Enough about the national championship game tonight. It is the SEC championship game as well. It's a regional championship. Who gives a bleep? I guess Braden does. Steelers, Jags, Sunday. Let's go, baby. Joining me now to discuss that and this last weekend's games. 
He is Matt Williamson. The Titans receivers aren't very good. In fact, Matt Williamson, I think that the best receiver on the Titans is Marcus Mariota. <laughs> That was pretty interesting, wasn't it? It was, and I know that you you were a believer in Mariota, yes? Yes. Uh, I don't love how this year's gone, but yes. It's the scheme more than anything, correct? I mean, he deserves some heat, too. I mean, he hasn't played great, but I do think the scheme has not helped him at all this year. And, was... and along those lines, them being down in the game and having to go hurry up spread, you know, Oregon-type stuff made Malarkey look smart. Matt, was that the last game, in your opinion, that Alex Smith will play as a Kansas City Chief? Yeah, I do think so. They're, they're, they're real cap-stricken. Uh, they would save $17 million by moving him. His stock is up. There's a lot of teams, I think, that would give a second-round pick or more, and it's the, the logical move for everybody. That was a terrible season for Kansas City, as far as I'm concerned. You start off as hot as you as you were. You have the the issues in the middle portion of the season, but then you look like you're right the ship, and then you lose to I think the worst team in the field. Like that can't happen. Awful ending for sure. I mean, awful middle and awful ending. <laughs> you know, to the season there was a stretch there they were really terrible, and there's a couple things obviously in that game. I mean, when Kelsey went out, the offense just crumbled. And I do think Andy Reid, and he's been blamed with this before, deserves heat for not leaning more on the run game, even though Tennessee's defense is really good against the run. But there was two big injuries, too. I mean, it was Kelsey and Chris Jones, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, no, it's over. You know, and they got some bounces. Some officials helped them as well. Tennessee, I'm talking about, the crazy throw-it-to-yourself thing was pretty big, (laughs) you know, and, and one team stuck with the run, the other one didn't. Tennessee has what percent chance of going to New England and winning that football game? They're far inferior. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I think stylistically, coaching-wise, scheme-wise, they match up pretty well, especially when New England has the ball. I don't think that's enough, so I give them a 18% chance. You have faith in Dick LeBeau's defense slowing down Tom Brady? A little bit. Because they're a real heavy man coverage team. Um, they rush the passer well. They stop the run well. I think that they're better in the trenches than New England is. I think Brady will get his, but stylistically, I think that it's a pretty good matchup. Matt Williamson joining me here on the Crowley Show. Jacksonville against Buffalo set quarterback play just ages. My God. I know Jacksonville's defense is really good, Matt. Uh, there's no question about that. But I'm not going to pick them to beat Pittsburgh. I don't even know if it's going to be close if Blake Bortles can't play better than what he played like this last weekend. I mean, he's missing guys who are wide open. He's missing reads. He was he was worse than I even thought he could be. Yes, he was horrendous. And the coaching staff looked like they were trying to give him as easy a throws as you possibly can to get him on track and get him rolling. He couldn't even complete those. And I get that it was windy, but... I mean, it's Jacksonville. I mean, how bad was the weather really? I mean, you know, like right. people have dealt with worse weather this time of year, and he probably will on Sunday. You know, I mean, he's a fair-weather Florida guy. He was awful. Uh, there's no way to really sugarcoat it. And then he started running a little bit and at least made him have some production, But and he didn't turn the ball over, but he was awful. He was, and I just can't see him coming in here. And God bless him. He tries hard. He's tough. But I can't see him coming in here 
to Pittsburgh in front of 70,000 screaming fans in Heinz Field when it's 15 degrees outside and playing well when he couldn't even do it at home. That's just me, though. No, I hear you. I mean, it's going to be a rough environment for him. Let's move on now to the NFC because there were interesting things that happened. I'm going to fast forward to the end of the Saints and Panthers game and what in the sweet world was Devin Funches doing? What the bleep? You got to go up and yeah. catch that football. That's a that's a catch he should probably have made. That was a good throw. You know what I mean? Like the ball was where it needed to be. Play the ball in the air. I mean, I'm not defending Funches at all, but I do know he's playing with an awful shoulder situation right now that probably he probably shouldn't be in there at all. Doesn't excuse it, but you are in there. I mean, go go make a play for the ball. You're 100 right. Yeah, that was awful. Uh, the Saints, how good are they? Pretty good. I mean, big-time quarterback. I, I just put something on Twitter about Breeze's postseason numbers. They're basically the best of all time in terms of, you know, uh, tight or touchdown interception and, and well as yardage per game. People really played well, and that's a huge advantage, obviously. Um, Defense is above average or average. Running game's really good. Offensive line's good and will travel. Saints are tough. I mean, I tend to think, I think the Falcons are good, but I tend to think that the winner of that Viking game is going to Super Bowl. I feel you on that one too, Matt. When looking at the other game, uh, when you see what Atlanta was able to do to, uh, to what are they now, Los Angeles, my goodness. The Rammies. Yeah, yeah. Rammies. Uh, that was surprising to me. I, I kind of thought the Rams might beat them by... 10 points, but it didn't happen. Why didn't it happen? Yeah, um, some real uncharacteristic Rams stuff. And usually they're great on special teams. And uh, that, that, that can't be overstated. Is Was Farrell Cooper, you know, on Atlanta's payroll or something for that game? <laughs> I mean, it was bad. I mean, those were massive plays. I thought the Rams looked kind of flat to come out. And they also didn't do Rams-like things on offense in terms of screens and play action and getting the ball to Gurley and Gurley had drops and Atlanta played great though. I mean, they were, one of them looked like, you know, a professional business-like team that's been there and done it. And one looked like a young upstart group that should be back. Flipping back to the AFC now and kind of a hypothetical. In fact, it is a hypothetical. If Alex Smith played for the Jaguars, how good would they have been? I'm not a Smith fan, but maybe the best team in the league. Yeah, I mean, their defense is great. Then the Vikings and, and Jags D stand alone. I mean, they're great. The Steelers and Patriots are flawed. You know, they're the best teams in the AFC, but they have their warts. I think Jacksonville with Alex Smith is probably the best team in the league. Jacksonville, their, not... li- their line and receivers aren't great. No, they're not. Uh, Jacksonville coming in here to Pittsburgh. What do the Steelers need to do? I mean, they threw the ball 50 times the last time against Jacksonville. Obviously, that's not what you want to do. And they, I, I argued earlier, Steelers didn't really know who they were at the beginning of the year. We saw a lot of flawed game plans, I thought, where they'd be a little too run-heavy or a little too pass-heavy. Now they seem to have found themselves. If the Steelers, What do the Steelers need to do to put up about 24 points? If they put up 24, I mean, there's no shot to me that Jacksonville wins the game. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And to kind of further expand what you were saying, I think early in the year, and Jacksonville absolutely comes to mind, they were baiting the Steelers into throwing. You know, stack the line of scrimmage, a lot of single coverage, even on A-B. They wanted the Steelers to throw, and it didn't work well, and Ben cooked the cheese. 
I don't think he takes the cheese as much anymore. I mean, I think the, the, the whole team is playing much better on offense. The quarterback's playing a bazillion times better. And I think even in eight-man boxes, they're handing it off and relying on Bell. And I think that's really the key is, you know, I think this is a, a really bad matchup for the Steelers but when they have the ball. But I also think it's a really bad matchup for the Jags. And as long as you don't turn it over or allow the beat ball, I mean, I think that eventually this offense is going to score points, you know, that they're going to get to 24. Yeah, I think so, too. A couple of years ago, we saw the Steelers play that Denver defense, and, man, Denver shut everyone down, and especially in the playoffs. And the Steelers, they dominated them at home at Heinz Field, and they really moved the ball on them whenever they were up a mile high. How similar are these defenses not to say that they're you know, carbon copies of one another, but I think when the Steelers' offense is rolling and they've even got more weapons now, I think they can put points up on anyone. Yeah, and Baltimore's defense was pretty good, and the Steelers carved them up, too. I mean, <laughs> good this point. one's better. You know, I mean, and I, comparing the Denver one to the, to the one we'll see on Sunday, Denver's is better, but both of them are, you know, really structured well for today's day and age and shutting down the pass. They rush the quarterback well. More man coverage from Denver. You know, they're a little more physical. Not physical, but they're more press coverage guys. Um, this one is a great defense, but it's an execution-based defense. You know what coverages they're going to play. You know, they don't outthink you or, you know, trick you all that much. They just have better players than usually who they play against. But then this week, I'm not sure they do. It's close. If you're the Steelers on the defensive side, I think they've done a good job lately of kind of scheming towards opponent. Uh, when they played New England, they played a lot of man coverage, which is something that we've been crying for them to do for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, against Houston, uh, they had Hayden follow uh, DeAndre Hopkins across the field. That's not something they typically do. So if they're game planning for opponent against Jacksonville, you got to stack it, right? You stack the box, uh, stop the run, and you, you got to try to make Bortles throw to the outside, right? Yeah, you know, I, I think you're right that they went to a lot more man coverage against the Patriots. I feel like the last two games of the year were structured for let's practice some stuff for the playoffs, almost like a preseason situation. Yeah. Like, let's, let's, let's sharpen our man coverage skills. Um, but this one, I think you go back to playing a lot of zone. You know, that I, the thing that I fear most when Jacksonville has a ball isn't the run game. And they checked Fournette and checked the first time, by the way. I mean, except for one run. It, it's the deep ball. It's the blown coverage. It's the mental error. It's the, you know, uh, getting beat deep because this, this team gets beat deep every game. And D.D. Westbrook could get behind you. And then all of a sudden you're in the game. You know, so I think you keep everything in front of you. You stack the box and you play a lot of zone. You would think that would cut down on Bortle scrambles. And you make him throw the ball a lot. You know, I mean, easy throws, but he doesn't even make those. I mean, he threw 14 times in these teams that last time. Yeah, and I'll tell you, in this last game that they played on Sunday, People have said, well, if Bortles takes care of the football and doesn't turn it over, they're going to be fine. And, okay, yeah, that's true. He didn't take care of the football. He got bailed out a couple of times. Yeah, and I don't know that that's enough. You know, like, to play, to, to, this offense is going to score points, you know, the Steelers. That just handled, you know, not killing the team and not turning the ball over and maybe scrambling for 40 yards, that's not enough to win in Pittsburgh. We'll get into it more on Friday, man. Thank you so much for the time. All right, brother. Talk soon. Matt Williamson, Steelers Radio Network, Steelers Nation Radio, Locked On NFL Podcast.
The door to the studio is just wide open over here. I got more segment to do. What are you doing walking out on me, Brian? I, I mean, my God, you've been in radio longer than anybody I know. And you're just going to leave the door open? Look, I got things to do. Besides, nobody's here. Everybody left. Remember the cyst that we were talking about last week? Wow. I've taken the Band-Aid off. Wow. Pretty nasty, huh? It's, uh, okay, let me put it, I, I'll go full analyzation, like a real sports show. I'm going yeah, to analyze that. Me. I'm going to analyze that and bring it up on the big board. Shut up, Joe. Okay, so you explained to me that this was bad looking. I, I will agree it's bad looking. I thought it would be more black and blue. But, dude, that's a serious, like, that's a grape on your head. It's like a marble, man. Uh, that's big. And it hurts. Anytime I, like, laugh or get scared... Katie threw something at me earlier, and I recoiled, and I thought I was gonna, I thought it was going to pop in my brain. Do you? Okay, this is getting sick, but I got to ask, okay, just because I got to. Are you pushing on it at night? No, like, I'm not pushing on you're it. You're not at trying night. to push on it or pop it in any way on your own. Like, because I don't know if I like. I'm I'm a master at home surgery. Like, you know, like I'd probably have like a steak knife out. I think <laughs> this is a little. I think this is a little too bad for that. Sewing like, needles. If I slice it. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a scar. I need I need a professional to take care of this. You want me to do it? No. I've got hours of experience at removing. Yeah, I'm stuff. not I'm not looking forward to that. Although I was cutting red tomatoes or red potatoes, pardon me, last night with this kitchen knife. We could lop this thing off. Like I have no doubt we could get rid of it. Oh, I mean, like it that would, would hurt. Oh my god, it would hurt really bad without the numbing. We'd almost have to go like hatchet style, where you go really quick and you just have to take the pain for a couple seconds. The thing about this son of a bitch is that it. it <sighs> Popped up in the summer, and then it went away, and now it's back. The more vigorously I work out, the bigger it gets. That sucks. That's a pain in the ass. I'm trying to get six-pack abs here, I th- I th- and I'm lifting at night, and I'm doing interval training in the morning, and my brow is becoming furrowed, and then all of a sudden this thing pops out. Did you just take a picture of me, Katie? It's like a sixth ab, except it didn't grow on your stomach. It grew on your forehead. Five five abs on my belly. I got one on my forehead. Yeah, I should have had a loophole. I said I neither I neither I either need to have a six pack yeah. or a disgusting cyst by January twenty seventh yeah. in order to avoid getting my belly button pierced. Oh, you the one. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. That's awful looking. Let's just get this thing pierced. Yeah, piercers. Just pierce the cyst. <laughs> Dear sweet big, big old pit God. ring on it. Oh, man, I'm sorry, dude. That is big, though. Like, the Band-Aid does wonders at hiding how big that thing actually is. But, I mean, that's what? Like, half dial, dollar circumference-wise? and then No. About, I mean, the whole thing It's there. probably penny, penny size circular. Oh, I, I think Brian's being mean. I'm not being mean. What do you I think th- about it, Katie? I think that if you wear your hat forward, there's a little bit of a shadow, and you can't really see it. If you point it out, then, yeah, you can see it, but just don't point it out. Well, that's what we're doing. How am I being mean? He opened it up for us to discuss. Like, yeah, it's huge. It's the size of a grape. It is it's huge. That's a grape, dude. I think it's a marble. Okay, a grape-sized marble. How about that? Can we agree? No, on grapes that? can be big, man. Yeah. Where you get your grapes? Who's your grape guy? Ah, so are marbles. Who's your marble guy? Dude, I, I'm not making fun of it. I but know. I just I feel bad for you. Like that looks painful. It is. There's only so much skin. On your head, right? Yeah, and it's all pushed out. And, on and you. when you and whenever something grows from underneath, under the skin, it stretches the rest of it. Like I've been, I'd had had headaches for a week prior to this thing, 
And I didn't realize, like, what the hell? Like, why am I having headaches? I'm a hypochondriac. I was like, I'm going to go to the neurologist. What the hell's going on? I got all these crippling headaches. It's because I had a horn growing from my head. Mm. Mm-hmm. That comes like the unicorn. Coming up yeah, next. I had a bad day yesterday. I'll tell you why. Crowley Show. Saturday was a great night for me because West Virginia won. They're now second in the country. Good basketball team getting their second leading score from last year back this Saturday. Had a great night. Drank a lot, probably too much. Kind of browned out there at the end of the night. Too old for that kind of nonsense because I hadn't been eating all day. Trying to keep up the six-pack thing. That's where you know you've got a problem. I want to lose weight. I also want to drink. So I'm not going to eat so that I can drink, and then that turns out bad, because then you get so drunk that you eat an entire pizza, which is what happened to me. Saturday, great. Sunday, not so great. My buddy, my brother-in-law, just got a job in Orville, Ohio. Smucker's plant. Big shot. Making the Uncrustables. Big deal for the young man. So my wife, rest of the family, they drove him to Orville, Ohio, about two and a half hours away, and I didn't go because my dog, Molly, had dog class, which I've never gone to alone. I did yesterday. It was just the worst. Oh, my God. There's 12 dogs in the class. It's not that big of a room. You have to get your dog to stay for 20 seconds in the middle of the room. You put your hand up. You have to stay. But meanwhile, she's just trying to lick the crotches of all the other dogs. Love her to death. We bonded over it. But it was a challenge. So that kind of blew. I get home. One o'clock. Guess what? Football on all day. Wife's not going to be home till after eight o'clock. I can literally do nothing. I made myself a tuna sandwich. Delicious. Put my feet up. Got a blanket on. My dog was totally wiped from licking the other dog's crotches. And the phone rings. Because of course it does. I've got seven hours of football ahead of me, and the freaking phone rings. Because my brother-in-law left his computer at my in-law's house. So I had to go pick this thing up and drive it halfway to Orville. At least he met me. And I just wanted to be watching football all day. I was pissed. Is it okay that I was pissed? Like, is that, is that okay? My natural reaction was, I'm going to murder RJ. That's my brother-in-law's name. It's a little selfish. Yeah. But I'm a selfish guy. I guess so. I just wanted to watch football. Instead, I had to drive three hours. No, I get it. I mean, that sucks. You want a day for yourself. I did. No wife. Love her to death. I hate whenever she's not home and it's nighttime because then I'm very lonely. It's quite depressing, actually. For all you single people out there, you'll be fine. You too, Katie. And Joe. Here's the deal. I'm not going to get a day off until the Steelers are done. Because this weekend, we're doing a pep rally from 1 o'clock till 7. Sunday, I got the game. Then you got the whole week of shows. Then if they play the Patriots, my God, the pep rally is probably going to start Friday. We're going to do 25 hours of coverage. 
And then we'll do Sunday and probably do a pregame show for that and the postgame and all this stuff. So I'm looking ahead at my next couple of weeks, and I'm looking at probably 14 straight days of working in a row. I'm thinking, I want to watch ball. I want to eat my tuna. I want to put my feet up. Maybe take a nap. Maybe take a little nap. Pet the dog. Stay warm. It was freezing. And the next thing you know, I'm driving out to Orville freaking Ohio with a laptop. What if they lose? Then I get a day off. So which would you rather have? They're beating Jacksonville. I like money. I get paid more when the Steelers are in it because I'm doing more Steeler-related shows. Again, with the selfish take on things. Look, I root for the Steelers. If they lose, it doesn't ruin my life. I'd be bummed out if they didn't go to the Super Bowl this year. I think they're good enough to. But really, it's about me. It's about the money. I think we've, I think we've stumbled upon something here. Joe, what do you think? Is it is it totally selfish that my first reaction was to be pissed about this? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I, yeah, yeah, but it's like a it's a total inconvenience. You know, you got to drive all the way across the state and everything. And what would your initial reaction have been? Damn it! Would you have moped? Yeah, then I probably would like put some tunes on and have been all right. That's what happened. But when my wife texted me, she's like, "Can you go do this right now?" Like, <laughs> come on. I ate a sandwich and I watched a whole other quarter. Don't ruin my whole day. Okay? Not the whole day. But it wound up being okay. I helped him out. I got about halfway into the drive and I was like, poor kid needs his laptop. These are mistakes that I make all the time, though. I forget things everywhere. I left my computer in a hotel room in New Jersey. Luckily... Luckily, we got it back. And my sister mailed it to me. Mailing it's different. That's the first thing I asked. Can I overnight it? Like, no, nah, he's got to go to work at 7 in the morning. Son of a bitch. Anyway, we've all got our issues. We've all got our cross to bear. My day was really bad yesterday. I know. It was tough for me to handle. But I'll make it through. I'll be okay. John tweets at... Uh, at uh, maybe John tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Use an exacto knife. You can do it. He, of course, is talking about my cyst. Dear God, that sounds awful. It would work, though. Katie, what's in one of these things? Depends on what it is. I'm not a dermatologist, so maybe you should ask your doctor, but I'm guessing fluid. I bet you if you cut it, like a bunch of bats come out. That's what I'm hoping for. Slice this thing open and just... That was my bad attempt. And a young orphan crawls out of the, yes. <laughs> the depths with a suit. It's a it's a refugee pulling himself to safety. Too topical. I'm referring to Batman. I was referring to a refugee. I wasn't. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Last chance to get in. At underscore Adam Crowley on the Twitter.com. See the Better Business Bureau crack down on LeVar Ball? Did you see this, Joe? Someone ordered the shoes, which makes you an imbecile in the first place, I think, if you order the ball, Big Baller brand shoes and didn't get the Big Baller brand shoes after six weeks, even though they said they'd come in two weeks. So they complained about it. And when they complain, apparently LeVar Ball is basically the customer service department. He's the salesman. He's the CEO. He's everything. And he says, oh, you're not big baller. You're small baller. 
That's what he said. You're a small baller. How does this guy become famous? How does this guy wind up starting a sports league in Lithuania? How has this guy been mentioned by the President of the United States? And how do I do this? Because really, it is all about me. It is all about attention. I am a selfish guy. Want the Steelers to win so I keep getting paid. Did not want to go drive the laptop to Orville, Ohio yesterday. How do I bottle what he's got? How do I become LeVar Ball? Not exactly the same, because I think he's a knucklehead clown jackass. But I need I need to take this to the national level. We got Stugatz. We got NFL Network. What do I got to do? Maybe we should make a bet with a Jags radio station or something. Those are always creative. Low-hanging fruit. I don't think Tennessee's got a chance in hell at beating New England. And that's what I want to do, too. I want to talk to a, a Tennessee guy. Maybe we'll get a Tennessee beat writer this week, and we'll see if we can make some sort of agreement there. And if the if the Titans win, we got to do something bizarre. I don't know what we'd do. But we could do it. Maybe you can just look to your left and check the Wheel of Doom that we made for this exact reason that you never well, used. Well, look, part of Year of Excellence 2.0 is punishing ourselves. Yeah, but you come up with punishments that we didn't think of that are worse than what we thought of. We've got the punishment board. I'm not trying to punish myself if the Titans win. I'm trying to, like, paint my face like a Titans fan or wear a Titans beanie every day. Something stupid. Oh, that's nothing. Okay, that's nothing. Get a Titan tattooed on my ass. How about that? See, you take it to... I'm not going to do that. You take it too far. The reason I did the belly button piercing thing, though, Katie, was because I knew I had to keep myself accountable. And the only way for me to do that is to threaten myself with a belly button piercing. Plus, it's good for the radio show. Yeah, I don't think you understand. Well... It's not, I've had, I have piercings, so it's not, it's really not that bad. But once you've had one. You ever had your belly button pierced? No. Maybe I'll just. I'm not 16. Okay. I was once, but I just decided not to. You didn't self-impose any six-pack challenges upon yourself either. No. Because you're smart. Right. Maybe I could do this. Maybe on Friday when they get in there for the cyst. Just have them do it all in one go. Just have them not numb it. That's that's borderline sick. Well, just have them not numb it so that whatever pain I get from that's going to hurt a lot worse than the... That's one way to go. That's dumb, though, because then I'm just doubling the pain. We like to think things out on the Crowley Show as they happen. Yeah, workshop it. We workshop things. Transparency, number one virtue. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Not you, that. I'm going to get the, I'm gonna get it injected. Are you really going to go through with the belly button? I have to. There's no chance I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't, do not. I know people say, I don't know if they do, but some people say that taking a shot or something helps. Don't do that. Why? I'm going to bleed more? It it does. I don't really know. I don't really know. But I know you shouldn't get drunk before you get a tattoo. A lot of people do that. Don't do that. Well, I think if that you is... you get a tattoo. I, I think that's what that is. You're going to bleed. It's Yeah. It's, well, no, I think it's... Well, okay, that's a good point. But I think that with the belly button piercing, you're just so drunk... I think I think the problem is being drunk cuz that's what makes you get the piercing. 
Regardless, it's I'm going circle. through with it. Time. Flat. Circle. I'll be fine. And I still got time to figure this out. Maybe I just won't eat for the next... What? 19 days. Oh my god, I only have 19 days. I've got no shot. But I will look really good by springtime. That much I know. By springtime, I'll be a hottie, baby. Tomorrow on the program, we break down Alabama's fifth national championship in the last nine years. And we got my man Brian Metzger at 520. The Penguins go into the break on a roll. Go Georgia. Beat them, Braden. Dogs.